Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Producer Shane filling in for Tony Marinero yet again. He is coming back from Florida next week, right? He was he was at the Inner Miami game tonight, hoping to catch a glimpse of Lionel Messi, and of course, he doesn't play. Meanwhile, we got to watch the Habs win their first preseason game in wait for it four years. <laughs> the last preseason win was September twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. The COVID pandemic hadn't even happened yet. So it's been a while. It feels good. The Habs beat the Belleville Senators 4-3. Let's be honest, this was an AHL team, all right? Uh, but a win nonetheless and a great game. Uh, now we'll dive right into it with our boys, Charles Alexi and Matt Drake in just an instant. But before we do, we have to thank our fantastic sponsors for bringing you this show, starting with Energy Transportation Group. They're a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. As well, these guys right here, La Bête CB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bête CB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bête TV, embrace your true nature. And last but not least, Playground. Experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables. A bad beat jackpot that is closing in on $1.5 million. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, an unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground. So why don't we bring them in? Let's welcome Shal Alexi and Matt Drake to the Sick Podcast, boys. I hope we're feeling good because this was a fun night. Yeah, it was a fun night. The Habs won for the first time in since forever. It was 2021 actually, but since back then the coach was Dominique Ducharme, so it was a coach ago. So you know, it's it feels like 2019. <laughs> That's it. A yeah, win is yeah. a win, right? exactly exactly <laughs> even even if there's no points counted towards the standings it is still a fun time at the bell center um the game before the game even started it was a weird announcement saying that mike matheson was scratched last second for preventive reasons we don't really quite know 
it, the extent of his injury, if there even is one. But nonetheless, Caden Gooley filled in for him and played fantastic block. A ton of shots, played physical. I loved his game. Um, speaking of physical, right, this was a physical game. We could expect it. Just looking at the Sens lineup tonight, it was AHL players trying to carve out a spot for themselves. So it was to be expected. Um, you know, McEwen hit Gooley's dirty, dirty hit. Sabrango hit Davidson with the knee. Uh, Castellic tried to scrap with Doc, but nonetheless, the boys stayed in the game, right? They didn't get taken out of it by the physicality and got the W. Yeah, it was not easy for the Habs, and we knew it from the get-go because we saw the lineup from yesterday, actually, from the Senators, and we understood clearly that it was going to be a hard game. And, you know, at the beginning of the camp, you can kind of predict the lineup for the Habs. You can take a lot of the players that were not playing Monday and say, you know what, maybe they're going to play Wednesday because at some point they got to take some reps. So you, easily you can piece the puzzle and say, okay, it's going to be a hard one for, for the Habs. You see that Michael Pezzetta is not here. You see that Harbor Jackai is not here. And you know how Harbor Jackai loves to play against the Sands. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously it, it was kind of hard. And in the first few minutes, you see uh, against Suzuki and against Gulen, you say, okay, that's going to be that kind of night. And maybe if Mike Madison is not at uh, 100%, maybe it's a good idea that he's not playing because it would have been very hard for a guy if he's injured somewhere because we don't know. Martin Saint-Louis is supposed to, to provide the, an update probably as we speak right now. Mm -hmm. But if uh, Mike Madison is not completely healthy, well, you, you, you better not play him tonight. That's it. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was odd that they... Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was odd that they didn't throw Jacki in there when Matheson was out. Um, you know, yep. like you said, Shalom Alexi, I agree. It's probably a smart idea with how tough that game was going to be. But looking at the Sens lineup, you had to know that some of that stuff was going to happen, right? Castellick going after Kirby Doc, like you, you can't have that. So for me, I would have liked to have seen Arbor Jacki in there. I think the next matchup, they got what three straight against the Leafs. I think probably Jack I will get in for one of those games against the Leafs. I definitely think we're going to see him in the next one against the Senators. I think that's a lesson learned for the coaching staff there that, you know, if Ottawa wants to mix it up like that in the preseason, we probably need to bring somebody that can kind of bring that extra element, that 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 ability to fight. Because uh, you, you don't want to see a guy like Castle going after the Doc. That's, that's not an exchange that the Habs are, are happy to make at any point, uh, especially not for just co it was coincidental minors at the time. But either way, uh, you want to have somebody out there that can maybe step up and, and take that fight because Castle clearly had his gloves off and he wanted it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, let's let's maybe put somebody out there who's who's willing to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, the, you know, this was a highly penalized game as well, right? The refs, uh, their arm was going <laughs> up and down. Sometimes you know, debatable call, uh, especially yeah. like the Trudeau penalty was just terrible. He didn't even touch him, but the Habs had eight total penalties. The Sens had five. Um, now of the eight penalties, now the Habs only got scored on once. So that's, you know, the PK is, is encouraging, right? Again, it's mm -hmm. not going to be the, the usual units that we're going to see throughout the regular season, but what have you guys liked from the PK that we saw tonight? I really liked uh, William Trudeau on the PK. Uh, he was battling hard uh, on the walls and in behind the net uh, to yeah. dislodge pucks, get him available so that they could clear the zone. I thought he was fantastic on the kill. Uh, I think he's quietly making a case for himself to maybe play NHL games this season. I know the blue line's pretty crowded. It's going to be tough for him to, you know, oust anybody that's already got a spot there, but he's been fantastic through the entire camp, through the rookie tournament uh, and through so far in the preseason as well. 
Um, I, I think he's quietly making a case for himself. And that ability to play in a PK is going to be big because they've had a bad PK for a very long time now in Montreal. And if they can get somebody who can help out a little bit on that front, I, I think it's an asset that could maybe make you a, a, maybe a little bit less or a little more indispensable in the coaching staff's eyes. So I, I think he's quietly making a case for himself. Really liked what he was doing on the PK in that game. Yeah, and you know we're we're talking about uh, Trudeau and he he played uh, like a number one defenseman last year for the second part of the season with uh, with Laval. Yeah. So if he can translate that to the NHL and says you know what I can bring the PK to the table and I can do this and that and some different aspects and if the Habs decide that you know some of the lefties can play on right he, with the camp that he has he can definitely push for 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 a place. And you know what the the storyline is kind of like right now. Yeah, but there there's no place on the roster. But I'm pretty sure that the, the way Trudeau is playing or the way Joshua Roy is playing, the, the, the Habs, they know they, they are rebuilding right now. I think they want to make some room. They're not going to do anything to, to, to make some room. But th there's a, a cliche in hockey that says you, you're going to make the, dif the, the decisions difficult. And right now, William Trudeau is making the decisions really, really difficult. And that's it. And that's a good problem to have. You have too many good defensemen, right? Like, <laughs> I don't remember the last time we could say that, but uh, yeah. you love to see it. William Trudeau so consistent, like throughout, even like from starting with, you know, the, the rookie tournament, he's just been so steady. He's a leader as well, right? He wore the C at the rookie tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love what he brings. He's going to be fantastic in Laval and maybe even with the big club, fingers crossed for him. Uh, another guy that, You know what? He's been getting way too much heat on social media, and tonight he shut everybody up. Uri Slavkovsky played like a first overall pick. That's what I'm talking about. He got the nice goal early on. That's got to be great for his confidence. You can see in his face, like he's like, that's right. Yeah, you know, can. <laughs> I can do that. I just showed you, right? But another aspect that I really enjoyed was his connection with Kirby Doc. You know, he, he played a lot with new hook and, and Anderson in training camp and in the first game, but man, his chemistry with doc is so good. Do, do you guys think we could see that maybe as our second line? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd staple them together for the rest of the preseason. Uh, if, if I was the coaching staff, I mean, you need to figure out a way to get uh, your life, your S. Lukowski to where he needs to be. And doc appears to bring that, that robust element uh, really good on the forecheck that it's, it's helping Kirby doc or helping your S. Lukowski out quite a bit. I mean, it was doc to put that shot on goal that ends up kind of floating around in the slot. And then Slavkovsky Johnny good. on the spot gets in there and puts it in. I mean, I, I think they work really well together. That line was fantastic. I actually kept the stats up just in case you brought it up. I kept the stats up. They controlled 90% of the shot attempts while they were on the ice. So it was tilted in their favor. And uh, I think you have to throw, I, I think you have to give some roses to Rafael Harvey Pinot for that yes. as well. Um, he, he's He's just a bulldog out there. He plays like a much bigger guy. And if you were building a lineup, you wouldn't necessarily look at RHP and go, well, that's the guy I'm going to put with those two because he doesn't fit the size profile if you're trying <laughs> to get a big, heavy cycle line. But he plays that game. Yeah. And with how well they work, yes, they were playing against an Ottawa Senator team that was icing mostly AHL players. So you're not going to expect them to be that dominant game in, game out. But it works. And when you find something that works like that, especially with a guy you drafted first overall that had a little bit of trouble get going and has been, as you mentioned, you know, the the – the recipient of some maybe undeserved and unfair criticism. Let's give this guy a shot. Let's give this guy a real chance and let's keep that line together and maybe keep him with Kirby Doc and see if that's the thing that gets him going this year and gets him to have his breakout. Mm -hmm. And what I think is really interesting is the fact that 
you know, with Christian Dvorak, who's not going to start the season, uh, the third line can be more offensive. So even if you play Slavkovsky on the third line, you can give him some responsibilities, which was maybe not the case with Kirby Dog because uh, with uh, Christian Dvorak, sorry, because th there was a case to be made that he, he would not necessarily have some room on the top six and he could go to the third line. And now if you put him with uh, Dvorak and Gallagher, no, he's not going to progress that much. But if you, you can find a way to, to twist some lines and, you know, with Martin St. Louis, what we saw tonight, we, we expected to see uh, Monahan with Dog, but he put, he, he put Monahan on the first line. So it, it shuffles everything in the lineup. So that's really interesting for me. And the yeah. way uh, Slavkovsky is playing right now, he's playing like the guy that we, we expect him. So that's a really, really good night for the first overall pick last year. Yeah, well said. And Matt, I'm so happy you brought up RHP because I was going to, you know, keep him aside and, and just focus on him a little bit because he is like the perfect complement to any line. You can just slot him in first, second, third, fourth, and he's going to do great. That's the kind of player he is. So I think he'd be perfect on that line with Doc and Slaff. And Doc at center, we, we, we've seen it last year. It works, right? He works at wing. He works at center. He works everywhere. But I think his spot really is center. And with those two guys on his sides, man, that's a nice line. I really like it. Yeah, and it's that high motor on uh, Rafael Harvey-Pinot. He's just, oh. his feet, are his, they never yep. stop moving. And I, I hate to draw the Gallagher comparison because it feels so... It feels so obvious, but really, he's that similar type of player, just with a bottomless gas tank. Uh, gives you full effort every single shift, nonstop. And you're right; he works on almost any line. But now you have an opportunity here where maybe he's that key to you know working with Yaroslavkovsky and um, and Kirby Doc to again get get your first overall pick uh, going a little bit this year. Uh, really love that line. Uh, would love to see more of it in the preseason before the season gets going. Yeah. You know, there's there's a reason why Nick Suzuki last year wanted to play with Rafael Arvipinar, and we every mm -hmm. everywhere he goes, he just kind of progresses, and you you need to give him his chance. And he had his chance a few years ago in Laval. They gave him an entry level contract, and he deserves another contract. And now everyone wants to 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 play with him, so that's well deserved for for Arvipinar because really he brings something that not everybody is willing to to bring, and something that Brendan Gallagher cannot bring anymore. So that you you need a Rafael Arvipinar on your team. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, real quick. I mean, I, I have to give him his flowers. Mathieu Joseph was mm -hmm. by far the best Ottawa Senator tonight. Yeah. And the crazy thing is they're trying to trade him according to the rumors, <laughs> right? They need to sign Shane Pinto. But at this point, I mean, is, is, is Pinto really that much more valuable than Mathieu Joseph? And, and apparently to, in order to trade his contract, Ottawa would have to tag along another like second or third round pick, absurd. Like everybody should be calling Pierre Dorian right now. Give me Mathieu Joseph. He was phenomenal. And I got a chance to see him play at the three-on-three -three league at the LSHL. Uh, Zach Fucali, shout out to you. But he just tore everybody up. Like he's so underrated. And I don't think he's gotten a shot yet at playing big line minutes. He's always been stuck on that third or fourth line in Tampa and in Ottawa. I really hope he gets traded and to a team that actually can use him properly. And we'll see the real Metro Joseph because tonight, my God, he was fantastic. Yeah, tra trade him to the Western Conference so that we don't Please. have to see him very often. He, he was a very annoying player in that game. The way he just came screaming up the left side, um, constantly looking for his opportunity to shoot. I mean, I'd say the second one, maybe Caden Primo should have had that. Yeah. But those were two very good shots and coming with speed as well. 
uh, and he's, he's deceptive with his release. So it's kind of hard to see exactly where he's going to shoot it. Um, yeah, I'd say if, if Ottawa wants to trade one of them, I'd prefer they trade Matt Sergio-Lazeff and we don't have to see him, you know, what, however many times this year whenever they meet Ottawa. That's it. And he fits the modern player because, you know, he, he is talented and he is fast. And those are two good qualities to have in the modern NHL. You, we know that's what Kent Hughes is looking for. I'm not saying that he's going to go after Mathieu Joseph, obviously, <laughs> but that's the kind of player that the GMs are wanting right now. So I'm yeah. pretty sure that Pierre Dorian was really happy tonight because, you know, if, the, if some teams want to call, that's the good time. That's we sick. could give him Yoel Armia, Yoel, Yoel Armia for him straight up. Oh, like, yes. They don't have to throw in any picks. We'll just make that yes. real quick. Please, thank you. I, I second that idea a thousand percent. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I also really enjoy the way he plays defense. I mean, as, as you know, as a Habs fan, it sucks. But as a, as a, just a, a hockey enjoyer, it's it's great to see a player like that. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to our first line tonight, right? Suzuki Caulfield, but then Monahan on the wing, I thought was interesting. Uh, it's something that Tony's been pushing quite a bit. He wants... Monahan to play on that first line and I do agree I think I think it has its its merits but tonight I mean it worked right Monahan had a goal Nick and Cole both had two points uh do you guys think this this could stick I think it I think could. it could <laughs> you know uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you go first I'll let you go first okay. and then I'll tell you guys who, who I think should be there Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, w- what I really want with that lineup, I want Kirby Doc to play center. And I, I, at first I thought it was with Sean Manan on the wing. But right now you, you, we, we understand that there's the possibility to bring Manan, you know, absolutely everywhere because he's like a, a, a fixer. You, you, can, you can play him on the first, uh, first line and he's going to do great. You can help him with Doc and he's going to do great. But we saw tonight that Doc can play with Slavkowski and it's good too. So the, 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 tonight's game gave us a lot of options. So if uh, Sean Monahan plays on that first line and he brings that, that veteran presence and he helps Suzuki to take some draws or whatever, it could be a, a very good combination. And we know that during an 82 seasons uh, game that the lines are going to change every two, every yeah. three games or whatever. So to, to have those options and to test them during the, the, the preseason, for me, it's, it's really great. And we know that Sean Monahan is healthy right now. And I think that was the, the question we were, we were wondering because if that guy can play to his full potential, of course he can play on that first line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Uh, Kirby Doc needs to be at center, and that, that's going to push somebody over to the wing, right? Um, yeah. And if it's Sean Monahan, I absolutely think that that could be their line uh, for the season. But what I want to see before this preseason is over is I want to see them try Joshua Gua on that other wing. Yes, I've, I've been beating this drum for some time now. I think he could be the guy at one point in the future. Maybe not this year, but I think he could be the guy. The one thing that they struggled at, really, and that they've they've struggled at with almost anybody that they've put on the other wing is that they don't really hem any other teams in their own zone. They're quick strike offense, right? So Nick and Cole, when they can kind of exchange the puck, you saw it tonight, right? Nick gains the zone, gives it over to Cole. Cole makes a quick cut to the middle and he shoots, scores, and that's it. But other times they can struggle to really hem those guys in. One of the things that Joshua Wad does better than almost anybody they've got on the roster currently is when the other team gets the puck in their own zone and they're trying to break out, as he hangs back by the blue line, he just kind of lurks there and has active stick and he'll disrupt passes or he'll pick them off completely and then send it the other way. That's the kind of thing that they need. Also, a guy that goes in four checks really hard. He's a bigger body than people give him credit for. He's about six feet tall and around 200 pounds. 
I think he could be the perfect guy for that line in the future, and I want to see them try it at least once or twice before the preseason's up. If they're going to start Joshua Juan Laval, fine. I understand 100%. He's a young player. He could use that time to develop a little bit more, but I want to see it because I think it would work a lot better than people would give it credit for right now just because he's a young player making his first uh, starts in the pros right now. I just want to see them try it because I really think that could be the key to unlocking you know, the maximum potential of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And you know what? At, at some it. point, if you bring Joshua Rouen in the NHL, whether it's in two weeks or in two months or whatever, you're not playing him on the fourth line. You need to give him big yeah. minutes. And the, the Habs are rebuilding right now, so you, you don't need to worry about it. You can just let him make some mistakes because that's what we do in Montreal. We let the kids make some mistakes. So if he can play on that line, it, it, it could be great. And you know what? If he's good enough for Conor Bedard with Canada, Team Canada, maybe he could play with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki down the line. Exactly. Connor Bedard exactly. said it was one of the smartest players he's ever played with. So that's yep. high praise from one of the best players in the world. You gotta, you gotta accept it. Let let the kid get his shot. That's exactly. it. That's it. Because to play with Nick and Cole, you have to think at their speed. These are two of the most brilliant hockey minds within our team. Right? They play at such a high pace mentally, and so whoever plays with them needs to keep up with that. And Joshua Roy fits the bill. Like he is so smart. His hockey sense is through the roof. And I'm so glad you mentioned the Hockey Canada thing because Joshua Hua has proven that not only does he make good players better, but good players make him better as well. So it's like, it's it's just a domino effect of greatness. Mm-hmm. I, the preseason is made to try things, right? To get to get the players, uh, you know, back into the rhythm and to try line combinations. So might as well go for it. There's still plenty of games left to do it. So... Oh man, <laughs> it got me excited. I'd love oh, to see that. And and he kills penalties too. Anybody who watched the World Juniors will remember that ridiculous shift he had against the US where he went one on five and yep. killed a good 30 seconds worth of penalty on his own. And he's getting a standing O from the crowd. Like he, he can do it all. He's a he's a Swiss army knife. And if they get him games, uh, like Shala Alexi said, you give him the opportunity to play some top six minutes, and you can also use him on special teams 100%. On the power play, anybody who's seen him playing Sherbrooke knows he can play anywhere you want him, half wall, net front, at the point. He's yeah. done everything, and he could do it at the next level if you give him a chance. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, we'll, we'll see him in the NHL sooner than later, I'm convinced. And his, his defensive awareness has improved leaps and bounds. I mean, when he was drafted, yeah. that was like – the biggest concern, oh, he, he's he's slacking at defense. He's not involved. Look at him now. He's he's a PK guy. He's always defensively sound. He is so complete. Uh, regardless of where he plays, I'm thrilled to be watching him this year. Um, now, another guy that we're not quite sure where he's going to play is Kalen Primo because he he has to go through waivers if he doesn't make the team. Now, we saw him at the red versus white scrimmage. He didn't let in a goal, but again, it's just an inner inner team scrimmage, like small sample size. Now, this tonight he played half a game, right? Jake Allen played the other half, and Caden Primo actually looked decent, like 17 saves on 18 shots. The one goal he let in, maybe he could have had, but I think it deflected off his stick. I'll let him have that one. But, you know, he really needs to push this year. Like, this training camp is, is do or die for him in Montreal because I – I do think there's a pretty big chance he gets picked up off waivers. Uh, I can name a few teams off the top of my head that could use a backup goalie and could take a gamble on a young player that has a ton of potential. So it's now or never for Primo. 
you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that he's going to get picked. And I, I know there is, a, there is need around the NHL, but um, it's going to depend on the, the timing because, uh, you know, a few weeks yeah. ago, there was absolutely no place for a guy like uh, Casey DeSmith who had only one more year to his contract. And I understand that uh, K- uh, Kaden Primo doesn't uh, win a lot of money, but still, he has two more years. And if you pick him up, and he doesn't do the job, you, you need to take that into account. And it's not every team who wants to pay a million dollars to a guy who's going to play in the AHL. So I yeah. think there's a, a pretty good chance that he's going to go to the AHL. But right now, what we're saying uh, of Kieran Primo is a guy who absolutely knows he's not going to make the team in the NHL. And if we're wondering about those questions, uh, is there a fit somewhere? He asked this question every day in a sense for, you know, every hour of the day. So it's, it, it must be really, really hard for him. And when I saw that, that goal that he, uh, he led for Mathieu Joseph, in my head, I told myself, you know what, that's the kind of goal uh, of a guy who is, he is in his own head right now. He has a really hard time to figure it out. And it's sad because he's a, goal, a good goaltender. But right now, it's just a context that's impossible for him. It is. Yeah, he's. it's going to take a trade of either Jake Allen or Samuel Montembeau for him to have an NHL slot this year. The, the simple fact is Samuel Montembeau is better than him. Uh, Jake yeah. Allen is better than him, and both are also more consistent. Caden uh, Primo has his moments where he's very good, but we know consistency has been like the number one thing that's really plagued him throughout his time in the organization. So I, I think, unfortunately for him, you know, barring a, a, either an injury or a trade, he's probably going to get sent down and that's going to expose him to waivers whether he gets picked up or not i'm not too sure uh, i think there are definitely some teams around the league that could probably do with a younger goaltender that they could maybe look to develop over the course of time but i think that's a risk that montreal is going to have to take because they I, I just don't think that they could trust him to take a spot over jake allen or Samuel multiple unless of course they're working on a trade for one of those guys yeah that's it Maybe it's, there's it's gonna really be a, a maybe there's gonna be an injury uh, during the the next few weeks or, or the camp that could help him. But still, that that's that's really hoping for him. And I, I think another aspect that that got him into his head is let's say he goes to Laval. He knows that Jacob Dobes is still there, and he knows that yeah. Jean-François will want to play him. So he's not he's he's not maybe gonna be the number one goaltender in Laval. So right now it must be really really difficult for Primo, who was once a, a prize prospect and. He had every chance in the world to, to produce and he had that good run, good run in the playoffs a year ago. But right now, that's not the, 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 same, guy, the same guy because of the, the performances in the NHL for the past two or three years. It's, it's quite unfortunate because he was hailed as like, oh, he's the next guy. Like he's coming up, you know, he played well in Laval in the playoffs. I mean, he was phenomenal. But just the, the, the situation, the timing is just off and it's. It's really unfortunate, but uh, I, I think at one point, Primo will achieve NHL potential. I really do think he has it in him. And I, even if it's not with the Habs, I do, I do wish him the best. I hope he does crack an NHL roster consistently. Um, but remains to be seen. There's still some preseason games to be had. So a uh, good, decent showing from Primo tonight. Can't really complain. Uh, another guy that was pretty interesting. There was some discourse over the summer about him was Matthias Norlander, right? There was a thing about, is he even coming to North America? Is he staying in, in, in Sweden? Like what's going on with him? And then the left defense depth is just insane, right? You got Nicolas Baudin, Jaden Struble, William Trudeau, Matthias Norlander. It's like, it's, it's going to be a carousel in Laval. And tonight he was actually PP one quarterback, which surprised me. I thought it was going to be Gooley, but uh, how did you guys think he fared uh, tonight? 
I, I thought he was okay. Um, yeah. I, I really liked at one point, actually, on the power play, there was a puck that came out to the blue line. He picked it out of the air uh, and was able to keep it in there. And then that number one unit, I think that was the first power play they had. That number one unit was able to get some more zone time out of there. But I, I just don't feel like he did enough to really stand out and, and show, like, you know, make a statement like I'm an NHL defenseman. Uh, I think he looked like uh, an AHL defenseman in that game. And I think that's why he's probably going to be a candidate to get sent to Laval, which is not necessarily a problem. He gets to keep working, um, you know, on his overall game and try to get himself ready for potentially being one of those call-ups. We certainly hope there's not nearly as many injuries in Montreal as there was last year, but things happen. It's an 82-game season, and there's going to be plenty of runway for him to potentially get into a game situation with the Habs uh, if he plays well in Laval. I just... You know, as far as his overall game, I, I thought there were certain moments, particularly in the defensive zone, where he struggled a little bit uh, to get things going. And I, I would need to see more from him before I would be, you know, comfortable with him playing big minutes on the point for the Habs. Mm-hmm. You know, he did a, a good job since the beginning of the camp, but at, at that point, he doesn't need to do a good job. He needs to to blow our mind because yeah. the, the, the expectations were, were so high. And, you know, we have saw him not only during short periods, but for the past few years when he played in Laval or, or wherever he was playing, it was really, really hard and the, the mistakes were consistently. So um, at this point, the, the direction, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, they, they probably don't trust Mathias Norlinder and they know that there there is all the, this depth be, uh, in front of him that you just named and a few guys are going to be there in a, in a few years. Lane Hudson's coming and Adam Ekstrom's coming. So there are too many guys right now to say, you know what, the Norlinder project needs to be um, needs to be developed if he keeps playing like that because he needs to blow her mind to to earn those minutes and he, he just yeah. didn't. I, I remember the hype around Norlander. What like you know? Oh, I, I believe he was a second round pick, right? Uh, yep. When when we got him, we were like, oh my god, this is this is the next offensive defenseman. This guy's gonna run the PP. Like he's gonna be so good. It just it like he's still a good player. He's still a pro level player, but never really developed into what we were hoping for, which is unfortunate. But you know. He's obviously going to go to Laval. I don't know how much ice time he's going to get. You know, the young guys, they need to develop as well. I think they're going to get priority over him. He's He's gotten his chance. I don't know. Um, you know, he got, he got an assist tonight, but I, I just needed more, right? It, too many mistakes still. Uh, I don't know that it's going to cut it. Now, one guy who's been steadily surprising me and pretty much everyone else is Jared, Jared Davidson. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for, for Seattle Thunderbirds, fans it's not surprising because they know how good he is but for us Habs fans he was a late round pick we didn't really know that much about him but now he's really showing up and he's showing that he is turning pro and why uh he's gonna play in Laval this year I think he's a lock he's not gonna go to Trois-Rivières but the way he's playing I mean the 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 pass on the first goal ridiculous he scored in the red and versus white game great goal uh just overall he's been fantastic in my opinion Absolutely. And, you know, that's the, 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 the kind of project that you need to have sometimes because he was drafted at 20 years old and you have two years to sign him. So it was last year. He played as a 20 years old in, uh, in Seattle. As you just said, he went to the final of the Memorial Cup. He had a really, really great season and they gave him what I would call the Rafael Arvipinal treatment. So they decided that for his second year before uh, they need to sign him to an entry level contract. 
they will try it out in Laval with a, a AHL contract only. So don't try to, to call him up this year because he is not eligible. And if he does well, you can sign that entry-level contract and you can prove yourself uh, in Laval, but also in the NHL if you have the, the opportunity. So you need to have those guys that are 20 years old when you draft them sometimes because if you don't want to be rebuilding for the next five or six years, you can have a, a guy who's two years older, so two years closer to, to his prime, whatever the prime is, to, to try this project and to, to see what he has in him. And since the beginning of the camp, he is really, really, really impressive. He makes the good plays and he, he scores and he finds his teammates on the ice. So I am really impressed by what, what I'm seeing of uh, Jared Davidson right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, some, something about the Habs and uh, fifth-round picks. Eh? You got uh, Brendan <laughs> Gallagher, Joshua Roy, Jared Davidson. I don't know what it is, but in the fifth round, they seem to get gems. And yeah, Remember Charles Ludon. Remember Charles Ludon. He wasn't here for long, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's they they somehow they they have success in that round, and I mean he's been incredible throughout camp. Uh, he just keeps scoring his shot. Um, like I saw him play a few times in Seattle, and I don't remember his shot being as as heavy as it has been. Uh, he put one on net actually in the right. third period in this game. I thought it was going in. Uh, it got up high on Corpusalo, and he had to kind yeah. of shoulder it out of the way. Um, he's been really confident with his shooting as well, but also reserved. Like he's not taking silly, dumb shots that have no chance of going in. He's taking smart shots. And you saw on that goal or on the assist that he got, rather, he's coming in on the outside. He had an opportunity maybe to shoot there, but from a really bad angle. So what does he do instead? Well, he drives and then throws it into the middle and gets a goal out of it. So he's playing really smart, really good awareness. And uh, like Shala Alexi said, finding his teammates, right? Uh, head on a swivel, great awareness. I've been super impressed with him. I mean, he, he is going to go to Laval, but I think at the very least, he's put himself on the map with the organization where they're probably going to look to get him maybe a two-way deal going into next season if they can. And for sure, he's going to be in line for big minutes with Laval. Um, that line that he had with, who was he with, uh, Gignac and uh, Gabriel Bourque yep. was one of the better lines that the Habs had in that game. And yes, they were playing against a largely AHL team in, in Ottawa, but all three of those guys are expected to go to the AHL. I got to think that Ul is, is looking at that line. He's he's going, well, I, I think I'm going to staple those guys together and I'm going to run with them mm-hmm. during the season. Uh, I think they could do a lot of damage at the AHL level with how good they played in that game. Um, and Jared Davidson was a huge part of that. So really great camp from him and putting himself on the map, man, another fifth-round pick that the Habs might be able to get a legitimate NHL production out of one day. Exactly. Yeah, he's exceeding expectations. I don't think many people had him rated this well heading into well at this point in training camp and and the preseason he's really he's really showed up and i like that you mentioned brendan gignac i feel like there's some chemistry developing there because he kind of avenged davidson after that that knee hit uh which was always nice to see and and gignac actually got the goal from a pass by davidson so maybe some chemistry there could be a could be a nice line in, in Laval. I like to see that for sure. Uh, another guy that is likely starting the season in Laval is Leas Anderson. We got to see him play his first actual game, right? He played red versus white, but doesn't really count. So he, he played his first game in front of the, of, of the Habs fans tonight. I don't know, you know, it, it left me a bit on my appetite. I didn't, he, he was he created opportunities for himself and he put himself in the right situation but could not capitalize like that was the main thing he missed the net he missed the puck it's just i don't know there's there's still something missing for him to be an nhl player to me yeah and it was a bit of a tough spot for him to be uh to play in a line with philip meshar who you know um, I think he's on his way up. I think he's ready to, to, to go and play in Laval for sure, Yeah. Uh, but not quite ready for the NHL. And then on the other side, Emil Heineman, who uh, I, I think could be close to NHL ready, 
but he can't play defense to save his life. So, you know, you throw Leah Sanderson, Leah Sanderson, sorry, uh, Pat Bexel is going to kill me if I don't pronounce it properly. Um, Leah Sanderson, you throw him on there and you, you give him kind of two players who aren't quite ready for the, for those bright lights. And I don't think that was necessarily a line that's designed to work very well in an NHL game, even if it's up against, uh, like, even if it's up against a team that was largely AHL players, I don't think that line was designed well. That, that, that line is ripe for exploitation. So it was a tough situation for him to be in, but I agree. Uh, I, I didn't see enough from him. Similarly to what I said for Matthias Norlander, mm-hmm. I didn't see enough for me to be like, yeah, you're taking somebody's spot and you're getting a lineup spot in, in Montreal. What, what I saw there was, yeah, you'd be very serviceable in the AHL and potentially you could be a guy that if you do well there, you know, if the need arises, you might be one of the first calls. And, you know, he needs to go through waivers if he wants to go to Laval. And I'm not sure at some point if I'm another GM that I will pick him because there is a reason why he was drafted seven pick overall. But there's a reason why he's still in the NHL in the AHL as as of last year. And he was a very good AHL player. But, you know, he, he just misses the the that it factor that makes him an NHL player. He doesn't release at a good time. He's not he's not capitalizing on his chances. So as of right now, I see him as a player for for Laval. And maybe if he can do something, maybe that Jeff Gorton's gonna say at some point, yeah, you know, uh, I want to try him because to to prove that I make it a, a good choice a few years ago in New York. But as of right now, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but hopefully, you know, there's still preseason games. Right, next game is. Friday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know if it'll be the Toronto Marlies or the Maple Leafs, <laughs> uh, depending on which kind of roster they decide to put out. Uh, but let me ask you guys, what do you want to see from that game? Whether it be, you know, lineups, players, players who need to show up more. Like, what do you, what do you guys want to see from Friday's game? I want to see them try Joshua Hawaii on the top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. I'm going to throw that out there one more time. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to hear an update on Mike Matson. I'd like to see him uh, in, in some more action there. Uh, Mike Matson's mm-hmm. looked very good at camp so far, looking like he could uh, really maybe even carry this team to a more surprising record than, than people think they would have. Um, outside of that, I'd like to see more Uri Slavkovsky. I'd really like to see them, again, staple into Kirby Doc, um, probably keep RHP on that line as well, and uh, and see if you've got something there, right? It, it, because it worked once doesn't mean it's going to work every single game, but that's what the preseason is all about, is, is trying these combinations out and seeing what works. So I, I would keep them together, and uh, I, I would run them again against the Leafs because that's probably going to be a tougher matchup uh, than this Sens one. And yeah. I, I'd really like to see, you know, is this legitimate or was this a flash in the pan? They're playing Friday and Saturday, so probably that because it's still it's not the beginning of the camp, but it's not the end of the camp uh, either. They're probably going to play uh, one of the two games for most of the players. Um, we focused a lot during the the, the camp on the duos uh, from the the the, the forwards. So who are they completing? And I think we will focus a little bit more on the defensemen. So probably that if Mike Madison is healthy, uh, again, we're, we're, we're not knowing right now. Um, we may want to see who's playing with who to make sure that uh, uh, to, to try to guess the combinations of uh, Martin Saint-Louis for the beginning of the season. So that's something I'm going to look forward. And obviously, uh, I'm going to look to all those fours that you, you just said, Joris Lavkovsky and Joshua Gua, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I want to see Logan Mayu again. Like last yeah. game, I thought I thought he was excellent. Like he he was really really good. Like again, obviously still learning, right? There's there's still going to be some defensive mistakes. He got burnt by Jack Hughes, but it's Jack yeah. Hughes. Let's be honest here. Uh, but yeah. again, I, I think giving Logan Mayu as many reps as possible, 
with the Habs in preseason and then giving him a big role in Laval is going to be great. I really want to see him play against Toronto, uh, given a pretty big responsibility as well. I think he needs that. And uh, Reinbacher, man, like, you know, the, those two, those two excite me. The Reinbacher's, he's not, he's not the most exciting player, but the thought of him in the future excites me because we, we already see how poised, how calm he is. This guy's playing like he's been in the, in the league for 10 years and he's 18 years old, you know? So I just want to see him play some more. I'm, I'm really excited for Friday uh, guys, before we wrap up, I just want to do something fun real quick. So in the NBA today, there was a massive, massive deal. Damian Lillard gets traded to the Milwaukee bucks and there's a player currently in the, in the NHL that, is up in the air, right? And that being Trevor Zegras, still not signed by, by Anaheim, who have the most cap space in the league. Anaheim, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> but he's still not signed. We don't know what is going on over there. There's always a possibility he gets traded. Give me your thoughts here, boys. Let's let's have fun. Where, where does Zegras go? Does he go? Does he come to the halves? What does a package look like? Let's have it. It would be fun to to see him with the Habs. Um, I'm not sure it's going to happen. But you know what? If we're talking, we know that we have too much defensemen. And everybody agrees that at some point, you're going to need to trade that depth to make sure to, to, to go get that prized forward. So maybe it could be that kind of opportunity. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but it could be very interesting to, to see. We know that he is a good friend with Cole Caulfield. Um, but you know what? I... I uh, not because they're in the division, of course, but I, I kind of like the, the the rumors with the Sabres. Imagine him yeah. pairing with Tage Thompson at center. It would be completely disgusting. And oh. the Sabres, are, are, they, they're coming at some point because yeah. they, they've been in the <laughs> the bottom of the, 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 the standings for, what, for 10 years? And so to, to, to see that they have a young core and to add him to that core, it would be absolutely fantastic. So uh, the, the possibility to, to see him in Buffalo kind of excites me. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And what what was the Buffalo rumor too? It was uh, that they, they were going to trade Darlene for um, oh, Drysdale. They were going to trade Darlene for uh, yeah Drysdale and Zegers. I, I could see that. I, I could see other teams being willing to pay that up because I don't see the Habs giving up a marquee defenseman uh, mm-hmm. to do that. I, I would agree with Charlotte. Like, see if they're going to do it, let's try to leverage some of that D depth, but. I don't know if they have enough depth without giving up somebody really important on the back end, like a Caden Gooley, um, or maybe probably a Caden Gooley plus Logan Mayu plus a pick is probably what you'd have to pay to get him. Uh, I'm not too sure that Anaheim's going to be willing to let him go. Tell you what, Anaheim, you can have Yoel Armia straight up for Trevor Zegers. <laughs> we'll make that deal every day yeah. and twice on Sundays. Uh, sorry to Yoel Armia if you happen to be watching this. I, I love you, bud, but yeah, we need to trade you. Um, yeah, I just I don't see the Habs giving up the kind of capital is going to be required. Now that being said, Kent Hughes did mention that one of the reasons why he was acquiring all those draft picks was for the possibility of overpaying for somebody in the future that could help them accelerate the rebuild. So you look yeah. at their 2025; they've got like 11 or 12 picks already in that draft. Most of them being in the earlier rounds of that draft as well. So they're all in the first four rounds. Maybe they could make an offer that might entice the Ducks because the Ducks are in for a bit of a longer rebuild. Right. I don't think that they're 
horizon for competition is within the next two, three years. So they might look at that 2025 draft and go, Hmm, you know, if we stacked a bunch of picks for that and we really, you know, get, get down to the dirty work and start hitting the road and scouting as much as possible, we might be able to identify a lot of players if we had more picks and maybe Montreal could come along and say, well, just so happens we have a lot of picks and they could leverage some of those picks instead to make that deal happen. I think if that was possible, it would be interesting, but I think there's probably another team that's closer to competing that's yeah. going to make the kind of offer that Anaheim can't refuse, like that Buffalo offer, or maybe there's another team out there that's that's closer, that, that their horizon is in the next two, three years. Whereas the Habs, if they were to get Zegers, they're still, they're still in the rebuild. Maybe a little bit closer to being finished, but they're still in it. That's it. Boys, That's I, have, it. I haven't thought about it. Um, I'm not saying it, I, I want it to happen, but I, I just want to discuss about it because I, I'm just thinking. Um, we, I, I really love Kaden Gooley as a player. Is there a part of you that says maybe Kent Hughes is thinking about trading him before we see him being just too injured? Because he has a, a huge injury report since the last few years. I think every time he's on the ice, we're kind of afraid that he's going to be down for some time. Is there a part of you that says, maybe if we find the right fit, the Habs may be willing to think about moving Caden Gouley, considering all the young def uh, defensemen coming to the left? And I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm just saying maybe you need to start thinking about it before, because if he's just too injured in the next few years, I don't know. There's a risk. I don't think so because when you when you look at his development as well, like he lost pretty much an entire year because of COVID, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, he barely played that year. And then the next year, he's playing WHL. And the very year after that, where is he? He's top pair in the NHL on a yep. struggling Montreal Canadiens team that finished bottom five. Yep. So I think the injuries right. was more a product of him being worn out. He wasn't yeah. ready, uh, and and who could be ready to just be thrown into the fire like that and say, here, right. you're going to be on a bottom five team, and you're going to pay top pair minutes with David Savard, and you're going to be stapled to your own zone the Absolutely. entire time, blocking shots, everything else. So I, I don't think that they're necessarily concerned about it. I really think that that was part and parcel was, you know, the fact that he was just in a very, very, very difficult spot. Um, but that being said, could they be looking to trade him? It's possible because we talked about it already, the, the depth that they have on defense. They have so many prospects that are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. Something's got to give. Somebody like there, if you look at whoever they start, whoever the six people are that they have on the blue line for the first game of the season, I can almost guarantee you, at least two of those guys aren't going to be there within a year or two. They're going to have to trade him or let him go because they've just got too many young players coming up. Like when Lane Hudson comes, he's taking somebody's yeah. spot. You're not going to be <laughs> holding that kid out when he's ready to go. Uh, yeah. Adam Engstrom looks like this same type of deal where when he comes, he's taking somebody's spot. And uh, Logan Mayu, he's probably going to be starting Laval, but if he does well there, he's going to be taking somebody's spot. You got a lot of guys that are going to be fighting for those positions. They might need to trade somebody and, Maybe, maybe they look at Caden Gooley and maybe they dangle him in front of Anaheim and see if they can reunite uh, Trevor Zegers and Cole Caulfield. Yeah, the offer the offer would need to be substantial, right? Like absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think that Gooley is untouchable, but he's far on the trade list. Like right. you know, right? What this guy instead? Like you sure know this guy? <laughs> I, I, I really can I interest hope... you in the Jordan Harris instead? <laughs> exactly. And, and can I interest you in Yoel Armia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine he could play defense that'd be great yeah hey we but don't know if he it. can you, you never know until you try it right so you get ah. just him, like, hey listen is he a defenseman <laughs> well 
He he is on your team if you want him to be. <laughs> to any GM watching, try you all army at defense. <laughs> worth the risk. Uh, but no, Caden K- Gooley, like I, I'm just such a fan of his tools. Like what yeah. he brings to a team is is fairly rare. He's just so complete, right? And and we've seen what he can do on the defensive side, but what he can bring on the offense, we haven't even seen the tip yet like it's it's he he can actually really bring some offense and i think he's the perfect complement to logan mayu that's why i'd like to keep him right logan mayu like paired with kaden gooley just oh i i I need to i need to cool myself down a little you know (laughs) get a little spritz spritz going it's 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 just too good it's too good so uh yeah like i said the the offer would need to be substantial to trade gooley i and again tonight, like we saw him blocking shots like crazy in a preseason game, like it was Stanley yeah. Cup game seven. You know, this guy's going at it every single night. Like there's yep. no tomorrow. You know, you don't get that kind of player often. Um, uh, you know, I, the, I the RDS broadcast, the RDS <laughs> broadcast was out there in the in the middle of the the first and second period in the first intermission, and they were saying, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody on the RDS broadcast was saying. He was playing fantastic. I don't know what game they were watching. And then in the second <laughs> period, he got better. And then in the third period, he got even better. And you mentioned the, the shot blocking. like He blocked a shot, um, and he was down on the ice, like sprawled out, and still managed to dive over. And I think he got a piece of yeah. another shot. Like that's, that's a guy who's playing like the game means something, and it means nothing. So, exactly. uh, yeah, he's, he's a pretty special player. And, um, you know, when, when, he, uh, when he's coming back on defense as well, like his gap control is so good that – you know, he uh, when he was in junior, uh, his last year in Edmonton, I think they had like a one percent success rate trying controlled zone entries on his side of the ice, um, mm-hmm. and that was all teams had a one percent success rate. So when he's when he gets more experience and he gets as he adjusts more to the speed of the NHL game, he's going to close down an entire side like Dion Sanders, and mm-hmm. he's got offensive abilities that can push you the other way. And I like what you mentioned about playing with Logan Mayu because with how responsible he is in his own zone, that covers up a lot of the 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 warts in Logan Mayu's game where he's not super great in his own zone. And it allows him to do what he does best, which is go up ice, uh, take some ventures into the offensive zone. And Caden Gooley can kind of cover for him a little bit uh, while also getting him the puck in the right areas. Yeah, that's it. Well, gentlemen, it's been a blast. Shalalixi, Matt Drake, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Everybody watching right now, go follow them on Twitter. They give some great content. Matt, I know you post clips Throughout the game, or always your commentary, Charlotte. See, you have fantastic analysis as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. Have a great night. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, here might as well give a little one spritz, two spritz for Tony. Shout out to you in my, in in Miami. Uh, unfortunately, not being able to watch Lionel Messi tonight. Very sorry about that, but t- Tony is back tomorrow. Okay, don't don't worry, guys. He's back tomorrow. Uh, I believe with Georges Lairac, so you don't want to miss that. Um, don't forget to subscribe, like, tell the algorithm that you enjoy this channel, so it gets pushed to more people because that gets more views. So fantastic to Sammy and Yellow, Juliana and Rosa Cavallaro at Master Control. I am producer Shane. See ya. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast 
is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. 